Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. Celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk. 103.1 from the stmm digital studio welcome to the ricky matthews show the show that celebrates the people who are working so hard to make mississippi such a great place to live work and play incidentally the stmm digital is the advertising and marketing arm of super talk mississippi media it's a best-in-class digital effort serving clients across the state of Mississippi. And so when it comes to your digital solutions, you need to reach out to SMT, uh, STMM Digital. They are they are world-class, and they'll help take your digital efforts to the next to the next level. Um, as if you're a business owner, you have responsibilities for digital advertising company, and you're frustrated with your current digital efforts, you need to reach out to STM, STMM Digital. As a former digital media CEO, I can tell you without a doubt that this team is incredible. So now let's shift gears and move over to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. Wow, Jeff, not only is it hot, which you wrote about and we'll come back to in just a second, it's been just an absolutely interesting camp, hasn't it, buddy? Yeah, lots of news, lots of stuff breaking. Uh, It's funny how camp starts, Ricky, because the offseason is such a kind of a drought and dead zone for news, and then all of a sudden camp starts, and it's like you go from zero to 80 almost overnight and every day it seems like something's breaking here so that's fun that's what that's what we're in the business for it is and listen man you guys you you and your team have done a great job and for people who have not signed up for the noel.com uh, Times Picayune Saints newsletter, you ought to because they they continue to make adjustments to it, make it, they making it better. They're helping to sort of lead you into the other stuff that they're doing, uh, sort of across the spectrum as it relates to Saints coverage. And uh, I mean, it's just really good. By the way, you you wrote today's, and uh, you know you guys rotate that, but the improvements are terrific, aren't they, buddy? Yeah, look, we're trying to trying to grow that audience and trying to make it a little more engaging for the readers. Uh, we're putting in Saints trivia questions and polls, uh, just some fun things to make it kind of a great way to start your day. If you're a big Saints fan and and uh, you know you want to start each morning, it's going to come right to your inbox. You can get all of our coverage, but also just get a little lanyap, try to give you a little insight into what's going on with the team. Uh, just make it a little something special, almost like you're a part of a club, uh, you know, and getting some insider knowledge along with the, our daily coverage from our, our great team. I like the way that you're engaging uh, readers around polls, and that's going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that's what first one we debuted this week, and uh, we'll have more. I, I know we've got one coming up basically asking you how you think the Saints are going to do it. I, I got to tell you, Ricky, this team uh, – I'm doing my annual media poll, very similar, uh, you know, question, you know, getting a record pick for every every local media member on the Saints. And I think we're going to have a wide range on this team. It'll be interesting to see what our readers and our our, uh, you know, newsletter subscribers think 
because I, I've just in, in anecdotal conversations with some media members, I've seen a wide array of responses to how this team is going to be. I think it, it shows you how uh, mysterious this, this 2023 team is. There's a lot of mystery. <clears throat> One of the things you guys have done a good job at is talking about players that are game ready, that are playing at that high level. Now, you know, when you go to when you go into training camp and you watch players go out and run routes and you watch quarterbacks throw and you watch people tackle and you watch you watch uh, linemen do what they do. Um, you know, in, in an isolated way, you can get too excited about certain players. But the reality is that when they're playing at that highest level, I mean, when they're ready for NFL games, when they're their steps a little bit, you know, faster, when they're a little bit more focused, when they have their mental game together, it stands out. And uh, I think uh, one that you might want to contrast is sort of where Michael Thomas is in the game, and what you guys have observed more recently in Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Okay. So let me just kind of pontificate a little bit on on this whole. This whole situation. I mean, a good example is yesterday. Uh, Brian Brzee, the first-round draft pick from Clemson, defensive tackle, had a great practice. Uh, was blowing into the backfield, you know, knifing and penetration. But he was going most of the time against Alex Filstrom, the third-string center. It wasn't doing this against Eric McCoy. So you have to take all that into context. Yes, it's good that he's doing it, but who is he doing it against? So I think that's something you always have to take into account when you're reading these breathless reports from practice. I really have to take into context who it's going against. And that's why I really believe we'll get a better gauge after Sunday where the Saints play a preseason game against Chiefs. And then next week and the week after when they have joint practices with the Texans uh, and the, uh, I'm sorry, the Chargers next week. Yeah. Because then you see ones on ones, good on good. It's not this, you know, you know, because of injuries. There's just a lot of missing people right now in the Saints practices. Having said that, uh, you know, I, I have a story coming up on on Nola.com. Let me give a a plug. You'll probably be able to find it uh, if you hear this. Um, the ten players that have stood out to me so far in camp. The ten players who in conversations with Saints coaches, players, and staff members have stood out uh, and, and tried to wait a couple of weeks to give a body of work for players. I remind people all the time of Marcus Colston. His first year with the Saints in 2006, his first 10 days of camp were terrible. I mean, the, the Saints coaches thought they were going to cut him. He was so bad. Then all of a sudden the light bulb came on midway through camp, and he ends up starting – and going on to be the re leading receiver in the history of the franchise. So there's there's a uh, benefit to giving some time before you make these sweeping uh, evaluations or generalizations about players. And right now, Michael, you mentioned Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas is working his way back. He's not the guy he was three or four years ago, and he shouldn't be expected to be that guy. I mean, he's coming off basically three years of being sidelined by injuries, uh, different surgeries he's had. Every time somebody, as you know, Ricky, I mean, anytime you get cut open, you're not the same. I mean, it's very difficult to come back. So he's working his way back. Where do, where does he end up? I don't know. I mean, the guy works incredibly hard. Uh, but right now, I think expectations that Michael Thomas is going to step on the field and be the number one receiver for the Saints are, are really, uh, I think, fool's gold. I think right now the number one receiver on this team clearly is Chris Olave. 
And Michael Thomas is going to be something of a role player, but a very, you know, a very critical role for this team. Uh, but he's not what he was three or four years ago. And Jimmy Graham, you, you know, the evolution of Jimmy Graham. Yeah, look, he looks surprisingly good uh, for a player that didn't play football last year and has played as many downs as he has. Now, I think the key for guys like Jimmy Graham are not what they look like right now. It's going to be what they look like two or three weeks into the season when they start getting beat up. That's always the concern when you bring in veteran players in their 30s uh, is how do they recover from the vile nature of this game. And I think that's going to be something we have to watch with Jimmy Graham. Right now, he looks tremendous. He's lighter. I think that was definitely something he needed to do coming in. Uh, I bet he's around 260. I think he told us he was around 280 in his final years with the Bears and, and the Packers. So let's see how he goes. But, you know, I, I would temper expectations just because of that. But he looks good right now. I have to say that. Well, listen, I know you're you're writing about it, and we can go to NOLA.com and read more about the players that you think stood out and the players that you think are struggling. And so I don't want to I don't want to let too much of the cat out of the bag. But on the list of players that, that you think are standing out, I bet Granderson is on that list. Yep, number two. So good call. I mean, number one, I mentioned already Chris Olave. I think he's been the best player on the field on offense, and I think Carl Granderson's been the best player on the field on defense. Now, that's another example, though, of what we have to, we really have to see how he does when he lines up against the Chiefs and the Chargers, because right now he's been going a lot against Trevor Penning, and frankly, he's wearing Trevor Penning out in pass protection. Uh, and But where Carl Granderson's made his biggest leap is as a run defender. Uh, it's something when he came in the league, I think he weighed around 260, and through hard work and effort, and just, you know, evolution, he's he's up to about 280 now. He's much stronger at the point of attack against the run, but he's also maintained that agility and quickness off the edge. And I can see why the Saints were willing to let Marcus Davenport go in free agency because I think they felt so good about Carl Granderson. And there was a time when, when they talked about him and Peyton Turner competing for that spot opposite Cam Jordan. There's no competition. I mean, it's going to be Carl Granderson's job. And uh, that's because he's won it. It's really nothing Peyton Turner's done poorly. Carl Granderson's just been that good. Hey, you can always expect the Saints to to do transactions this time of year. You know, there's that's always goes with the territory as they get injuries and other challenges, uh, uh, you know, happen. I've been following you on Twitter, and um, you know, it was it was reported nationally that we were about to sign two guys, but some people really jumped the gun on that. We're, talk about what that's all about and what's the latest. Yeah, look, uh, Diana Rossini reported that, and I know we'll go, hey, probably hey, come back hey, after hey, the break. Uh, Jeff, I didn't realize we were at the end of this break. Let's, uh, I didn't want to have to cut you off. So why don't we do this right on the other side? We'll talk about player transactions and national news around that. I want to talk about uh, Jameis Winston. Uh, kind of feel like there's a little bit of a dud there. And the emergence of Hainer as an absolutely incredible young talent. So we'll see what Jeff has to say about that. When we come back with Jeff Duncan on the other side from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune, we'll see you after this. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of the Ricky Matthews Show on your laptop, desktop, or your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. From the STMM Digital Studio, I'm so happy to be back on the Ricky Matthews Show with my friend Jeff Duncan. When we went to break, we are talking about... Um, you know, some some national news about signing uh, players that we ultimately didn't sign, and Jeff's been watching that very closely. We've made some other transactions, but what's the latest on all that, Jeff? Well, the Saints brought in a couple of veteran players, kind of high-profile names, former pro bowlers, each guy, Kareem Hunt, the running back, uh, and Anthony Barr, the linebacker. And look, you know, the reports looked like they were going to sign him, and those reports were probably accurate, uh, but it's a fluid situation. Uh, so I don't really cast any negative light on the reports. I think both times uh, were both situations were different. Kareem Hunt, uh, you have to remember, Ricky. Sometimes these these agents like to get the news out that their their players or clients are visiting teams. That way, it creates interest in their players, and that's exactly what happened in both these cases. Both players ended up getting more visits, and that caused. Uh, you know, a domino effect with where they, whether they would sign here or not. I still think there's a possibility they could sign with the Saints at some point, but uh, usually the Saints bring those guys in. They like to sign them right then, and if they don't sign them right away, I would think maybe it's something they wait till after the season opener. When you sign a veteran player, just for uh, the readers and uh, I mean the listeners and and viewers to know, you have to you're they're guaranteed if you sign them before the season starts. Their contracts are guaranteed for the rest of the year. So if you wait until after the season opener, sign them the day after, uh, then you can cut them a week or two into camp, and you're not you just owe them for what they played. So a lot of times you'll see these veterans sign after the season opener. That wouldn't surprise me in either case here. But uh, Anthony Barr, the linebacker, uh, they're looking at him because they really need some veteran experience behind starters Pete Werner and Demario Davis. Uh, they don't have a lot of experience now that Andrew Dow suffered a season-ending uh, ACL injury. Uh, so I think they'll continue to look for veteran help at linebacker. But these are depth uh, you know, transactions. Kareem Hunt was a Pro Bowl player back in the day. He's not that guy anymore. I mean, that's why he's still on the street. Uh, and it's hard to get a guy to come in when you've already got Jamal Williams, a rookie like in Kendra Miller, and you know Alvin Kamara is going to come back in week four. If you're Kareem Hunt, you know, that's not a very enticing, appetizing situation to come into. So I think there's a lot of reasons why that didn't work out. You know, it's interesting watching the quarterback play. Um, you know, we're all excited about a starting quarterback. And uh, is it because you got a really viable, smart quarterback in here that the gap between him and Jameis Winston seems bigger? Or is this Jameis Winston just not playing up to standard? I just think he's had a slow start to camp for whatever reason. I think some of that could be attributed to the fact that the Saints have had a lot of injuries along the offensive line, guys missing. We haven't seen Andres Pete out there. Ryan Ramchek's had a lot of veteran days off. Uh, they've been shuffling in guys on the left side. Trevor Pinning's still a work in progress. So you, you get down, I mean, Jameis Winston's playing with a lot of second and third teamers and going against the Saints' defensive line, which is very deep. When you get into their second team, they're still almost starting quality players there. Uh, it shows. And so not to make excuses for him, but I do think that is a factor. But he just hasn't had a great start to camp. But I wouldn't panic. I mean, you know, Jameis Winston's 
got skins on the wall in this league. And, uh, you know, he's going to be the backup quarterback. They're not going to Jay Kane or a fourth-round pick that's never played before, uh, not not Dennis Allen. So it's going to be Jameis, and then Hayner is the third stringer. And, uh, look, the best thing I would say for Saints fans is uh, Derek Carr, I think, has missed less than a handful of games in his entire career. It's been very durable. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't expect to even have to worry about Jameis Winston getting in there if things go as planned. I posted a picture of Derek Carr yesterday on my personal Facebook page uh he was dropping back for a pass and about to throw it and you know when you see him like when he's just talking he doesn't look that sort of beefed up kind of guy and whatever but this particular picture man he was he was in really good shape this guy has really done well at taking care of himself hasn't he yeah i mean look he's 10 years this is his 10th year in the league man he's uh he looks in great shape after practice yesterday he spent a lot of time with Matt Ray, the Saint, the Saints sports science director, doing a lot of uh, core work, calisthenics on the field after practice, understanding that, you know, it's a long season, a grind, and, uh, you know, you got to stay ahead of the game in that regard. And I think they've got, like, the, the complete package in Derek Carr as far as understanding what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. You know, he's looked really good in the two-minute offense, which is a critical part of the game. It's where Drew Brees excelled so many games a one and lost and your ability to execute there. And the Saints, frankly, were not very good at it the last couple of years. So I think that's an area where Saints fans should be encouraged. You know, I think in, in a lot of ways, Derek Carr is just going to calm things down at the quarterback position. I, I, don't, I want to temper expectations a little bit because I think people are getting on the hype train, which is what happens this time of year. Uh, you know, but I think he's going to manage the game and, and you just got some stability at that position uh, that we haven't seen there the last couple of years. And I think it, in, a, in a division that's ripe for the taking for the Saints, a veteran team like that, that's, that's all they really are asking to that position. Hey, not to bounce around too much, but coming back to the docu-series that you recommended that we talked about last week, quarterbacks, where Patrick Mahone was one of the quarterbacks that was featured. And I told you I was blown away with – how the the kind of gym that was set up and the kind of work he did to stay in shape during the season it was extraordinary. I didn't never imagine that quarterbacks would go through that amount of physical activity during the season. But in a recent story I read about Marshawn Lattimore, man, that guy seems locked in, and he's he's coming in early and leaving late and doing the kind of things that I that I I, I guess that he's doing the kind of things that I saw on that quarterback series that Mahomes is doing, but. Marshawn is 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 he's got the eye of the tiger this year, doesn't he? Yeah, he's had a really good camp. He's also on my list of players that have shined, and that, that should be expected. I mean, he's a multi-pro bowler, but I think he's motivated after coming off that kind of fluke injury he had last year, where he had the uh, core injury that kept him out of a lot of games. And when he came back, he he was very inconsistent. And I think that's always been the key with Lattimore. I mean, can he play 17 games at the same level? Uh, he's always risen to the occasion when he goes against the Mike Evans of the world and the Julio Joneses. He seems to get up for those matchups, and then he'll have some bouts of inconsistency or lack of focus. And I think they need him to be that shutdown corner uh, in every game this year. And it looks so far like he's rising to that challenge. Yeah, it's interesting watching in a press conference with Dennis Allen, who's the play caller for defense. And 
you know, with Marshawn playing at that high level, it really opens up possibilities for him. And I noticed that with free safety, they've been moving around and doing unique things during practice. But he's got a lot of he's got a lot of pieces to work with, doesn't he? Yeah, look, I talked to him after practice yesterday off to the side, and he's really high on their on their secondary. I mean, that's the strength of the defense. They're very deep there. I mean, they've got guys like people aren't familiar with guys like Ike Yadam. He's like the number four cornerback on this team, but they're very high on him. They would not hesitate to have him start a game. He's looked very good in practice. He's matched up very well with Mike Thomas, many times winning those battles. Uh, so th- I think that's a strength right now, this team in their secondary. They're going to use those chess pieches. Uh, that's what Dennis Allen's uh, strength is as a coordinator, keeping offenses guessing. And when you have shutdown guys like Marshawn Lattimore, it gives you a lot of flexibility because you, you have the trust that he's going to have his guy covered if they come after the quarterback. A lot of Saints fans don't know the name Smoke Monday. I watched him carefully in his college career. <clears throat> he's an extraordinarily talented young man. Unfortunately, got injured, and uh, we haven't seen him. But uh, what's your what's your read on Smoke Monday? Well, you know, he's got. I think he's got some competition to make the roster. It'll be. I think it's going to be important for him to play well in these preseason games and these uh, these joint practices. Uh, because right now he hasn't done it on film. He hasn't played in a game. He got injured last year in camp, missed all of his rookie season. He's an undrafted free agent, and they've got a lot of veteran guys at that position competing with him. Lonnie Johnson Jr., Jonathan Abrams from Mississippi State, guys, a former first-round draft pick. So there's a lot of guys that have done it in the league, whereas Smoke Monday hasn't. And when you have a veteran coach, you know, a guy like Dennis Allen, uh, he prefers, most coaches do, they, they prefer guys that they have seen do it on film. So I think Smoke Monday, he could make the roster if he plays well these next few weeks, the active roster, but I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be on the practice squad. There's no doubt they're very high on him, and he's had some flashes during camp. There's no doubt. Hey, listen, I wasn't surprised you wrote the column about the Heat, but it, you know, Jeff wrote a column, essentially said this needs to be the last uh, uh, training camp in New Orleans, it's it's affecting the team and some of the best teams in the league don't practice at home and they're winners. Um, you know, good column, Jeff. Yeah, we'll see what. Look, they're going to probably take camp on the road next year for sure because they have construction on campus. It's going to force them to go away, and they're not going to have a cafeteria or an indoor facility. And and we'll see if they make that a permanent move or not. There's a lot of political pressure on them to be home with the fans, use the, the indoor facility, which they got state money for. for. But uh, it's a sensitive subject right now, and it's a long way off. But I expect them for sure to be on the road next year. For sure. Hey, Jeff, these, uh, as we get closer to the start of the season, these, these conversations get even better. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. Yeah, thanks, Ricky. We'll talk next week, buddy. You bet. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk a little about Super Talk Mississippi news. Uh, we'll see you after this. Subscribe for free to the Ricky Matthews Show podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.